welcome to another episode of Zags on Air. I am your host, Bobby Levitin, joined again by Max Montoya. And we are back with another amazing guest. We are super, super happy to have her on. She's a fellow SoCal native, so this one hits a little bit closer to home for us. But we are very, very pleased to welcome from the women's volleyball team, Juliet Russell. Juliet, how's it going? Good. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for this opportunity. Of course. We're happy to have you on. Now, before we start uh, asking you about your time at Gonzaga and everything, we do, we do this thing where we talk about our favorite uh, events in sports that we saw this week. And so Max and I will start, and then if you have something that you saw that you want to chime in for, then you can go for that as well. But I'll start with, I don't know, I'm for those who follow football, the Dolphins-Broncos game yesterday was insane. I mean, I thought that was just a Madden score, but apparently an actual actual NFL team can drop 70 points in a game, which is crazy. But I didn't think the Broncos were that bad. It might just be that the Dolphins are that good, but that game was crazy. Definitely helped my fantasy roster. Had a few of the Dolphins guys on the team. So I was very happy about that. Max, what do you think? I agree with you. I don't know how you put up 70 points. Was it the whole – the head coach used to be a ball boy and they didn't even give him an interview for the head coaching job in Denver? I don't know. Yeah. But 70 yeah. felt personal. That's all I have to say about that. That feels like – Julia, I don't know if you ever spiked a ball in someone's face, but that kind of feels like that. <laughs> no, it literally does, especially that just sounds tough, a tough loss for sure. Yeah, I, I I don't know how someone bounces back from that, especially because Sean Payton, the head coach, is calling out Nathaniel Hackett, obviously the former head coach, for the horrible job he did last year, and he's arguably doing an even worse job. It just the the irony just is very funny to me. I don't but, think Nathaniel um, Hackett lost by fifty. <laughs> no, he didn't. He didn't. Um, Max, what was your headline for the week? I'm gonna go with some college sports here. I'm sure everyone saw it. Colorado got demolished by Oregon. And I guess my question is to Bobby and to Juliet, are they frauds or is this just a bad game? You want to take that one, Juliet? Do you, do you follow full college football much? I, I'm really liking Deion Sanders right now. I saw um, the video of him, I think on Instagram of him giving the pep talk before to his players. And I don't think his confidence is cocky. I think it's empowering, especially – just seeing the faces of his players and how passionate they felt and how they were just ready to tackle on the game. Um, I don't think that they're frauds. I think this was just a bad game. Just a tough game. They could bounce hot back. Take. It's a hot take. But, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe because I'm a fan. Maybe I'm biased. <laughs> no, but see, like, I'm inclined to agree because, like you, Julia, I've – I really like what Dion is doing and the messages that he's sending his players because he's more than a coach to a lot of them. A lot of them yeah. seem as like a father, a father figure and the messages that he's yes. sending to them obviously apply to more than just those kids in the locker room. A lot of people can take notes from that. What, what's tough though is they get blown up by Oregon and now they have USC coming up this week. And so yeah. it's like, what, what are you going to do? Like, I don't think anyone's expecting Colorado to win this week. Hopefully they can keep it close. I mean, they are without Travis Hunter, so I'll give them that. But the talent level is 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 clear. I don't know. Max, what do you think? If Oregon put up those kind of numbers against Colorado, SC is going to do even worse. SC has no defense, but they will torch you for yards and points. <laughs> I will, I'm expecting a very similar game to what we just saw last weekend out of Colorado. Juliet, are you, are, you, are, are you a USC or UCLA fan being from SoCal? Not really. I grew up on football and my dad was like a Patriots fan. And then also like he no loves way. Notre Dame. So those were the two that I grew up on. But other than that, I don't know too much about football, but 
I did grow up in a football household for sure. Okay, okay, wait, real quick. I am a diehard Patriots fan. So hearing you say that is literally just warms my heart. Oh, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't meet any Patriots fans anymore. I'm obviously being on the West Coast, there are very few. But whenever I meet one, it's it's so nice to hear. I know it's been a little tough year so far, but we're we're pulling through. We're pulling through. It's tough. <laughs> it is. It is. Okay, so let's get into you and your time. Uh, we'll start before Gonzaga. So, like like I mentioned at the top of the episode, you are from SoCal, as is Max and I. Um, what would you say you're missing most about home right now? Because I know I can think of a lot of things. But what about you? I would say. Honestly, probably the weather. One thing I'm not used to is snow. I did not expect <laughs> snow. And I actually really like the snow. But I kind of wow. miss the weather and the beach. Probably the most. Typical, like, SoCal San Diego answer. But, yeah, yeah <laughs> I do miss the beach and just being able to, like, walk along the beach. I feel like I completely didn't realize how much I enjoyed it. But Spokane has pretty nice areas like especially lakes and rivers around here that are pretty nice and some really good hikes but yeah probably that's what I miss the most now, now Max is going to test more to the San Diego sort of side of things because he's closer to San Diego Max is, is that a fair assessment missing the weather and the beaches and everything dude that's a pretty fair assessment my first winter was rough it was rough man that first snow in October I thought I had the right stuff and then it snowed and I went Oh my gosh, I don't have any of the right stuff. I was like almost crying in REI over here. Like, mom, <laughs> dad, I don't have the right jacket. And they're like, we told you so. I was like, this isn't helping. I'm freezing. <laughs> and my mom ordered me a jacket off Amazon. But it's it's a culture shock. It's not even just like culture shock, but just shock in general. Like, wow, the winters can be brutal in other places besides Southern California. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Southern California is like, like it rains. Leggings. Yeah. Oh yeah, it just rains. But I was like wearing leggings to snow, and, like when it was snowing and it was not warm enough. I had to wear leggings like under my jeans because it was so freezing. Oh yeah, the the only sort of experience I have with cold weather is just I go, I go to Boston twice a year because I have family there. But it, it's it's different visiting versus actually living in it. Living in oh, it yeah. is is so different because you're waking up every day and you're like, oh my god, it is so <laughs> cold. And, and 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 I have to walk the class too, and so walking on the on the ice filled sidewalks and worrying whether you're gonna eat like eat it on every single step, it's it's frustrating. It's frustrating. Not having the right shoes is the worst. And us selling exactly. Californians, we never have the right shoes. Never. We're like, oh, what are we going with today? Never. The Air Forces or the Vans? I don't know. <laughs> no, for real, no traction <laughs> whatsoever. None, none. We're ice skating none. out there. It's fine. <laughs> now, now this sort of segues into our next question because. I know my friends have asked me sort of why, in a sense, but I'm curious what your answer is to why would you come from SoCal to Spokane? Well, what what was it that that made you want to come to Gonzaga? Yeah, honestly, I was not expecting to go out of state. Like, I was like so sad. I'm like, oh my gosh, like California has everything I need. And then um, Gonzaga reached out to me, and it was the old coach Diane Nelson, and she just really sold herself in the program and I came down for a visit and I met all the girls and I was like, once you step on that campus, when you're in the recruiting process, you know, like once you step foot, you just know, you're like, okay, I can totally see myself here. I can see myself here. I want to be here. I love the team, the, the, 
also one thing that just stood out to me is how everyone was just like a family especially since i'm leaving my family i want to be coming back and being a part of a new family because it technically is like that's who you're with majority of the time at 6 a.m practices and 5 a.m lifts and traveling every other weekend i want to be with a team that i'm comfortable with and i love and really close with and that's really what stood out to me that's awesome and and, and you touched on family and i think that's all that's a big thing and I know from a lot of the athletes that we've had on the show, that's sort of the one sentiment that's resonated throughout all of them is they wanted this sense of family. And I feel like, and and a lot of them have said Gonzaga was the place for them in terms of that. So, so it makes sense. And I'm glad Gonzaga has done a great job of making you feel like there's a family here for you as well. Yeah. Touching on family though, Juliet, with the change of the head coaches, what is it that family aspect that made you not want to leave? Like I know sometimes with, the changing of head coaches, some people transfer and leave, and especially in the college environment we're in today, transfers are very prominent. What kept yeah. you at Gonzaga? Honestly, um, I think what kept me at Gonzaga is it has everything that I want to succeed here. I also have a team that I love and adore, and we're all on the same page. Everyone's on the same boat. We all have the same goals. And as well as our coach, that Katie Wilson, that came in, she has a vision and she's going to hold you to that standard and she's going to execute it. Whether it's this year, next year, maybe I won't even be on the team. I'll still am building up the culture and building up this team for future of what can happen. So Katie Wilson, she came in with a vision. She's executing that vision and she really came in so organized. I feel like what our team really needed was organization and a good a leader from a coach perspective. And she brought it together and she made sure everyone was on the same boat, the same page. And I think that's what it was. She just had it together. She had, she was ready. She was ready to handle this team. She accepted all of us from different backgrounds because all of us, you know, she didn't recruit any of us. And most of the time, if, you get a completely new coaching staff, then they'll cut everyone. And that's really rare in volleyball. They don't really cut people, but that has happened to some old club teammates where they just, they got a transfer, but we got the opportunity to stay and just work things out and it's going well. That's, that's awesome. interesting. That is awesome. Especially that she's in, cause I feel like her, her, her instilling that culture and having that trust in you guys is the perfect way to get off building that relationship. Because like you said, if she came in and she, and she acted like she didn't trust you guys, she only trusted her own people and she brought in her own people and sort of pushed you guys out. That obviously wouldn't be a good start. So I think having that trust in you guys from the start was really a big building block into forming that relationship that you say you guys have with her and she has with you guys. Yeah, most definitely. Now, now you talked about wanting to go from one home to another. And I think that's, that's really cool. But I'm, I'm curious, going from senior in high school, obviously, to a freshman here at Gonzaga, what was that transition like on the volleyball court? Because, you know, from what I've seen, obviously, LA SoCal volleyball is really intense, a lot of amazing players. What was, oh, yeah. what was that transition like going from high school to college? Well, I feel like that biggest transition is everyone's good. And I feel like I've, many people have said that. But once you get into college, like, you're not that star player, you're not the star athlete, you're not the best player on the team, you're not you know, you're just not the best. And that happens. And once you get to this really competitive level, especially WCC, like 
majority of our conference is in California, so they understand how competitive it is being in a California. So I would just say knowing that it's just a really competitive area and then also um, somewhat like when you change from high school and club going to college, the game is so much faster. Um, I used to be middle blocker, now I'm a right side. And when you're in the middle, you need to watch the setter. And the, it's just such a fast game. And you need to keep up and be faster than your opponent and understanding what the next play that could possibly happen and really reading on cues. So I think the speed of the game and also um, just kind of understanding like what your role is and finding out like how to compete at a higher level was um, different for sure. Were you a middle blocker in high school as well? Yeah, I was a middle blocker in high school. Um, I kind of changed a bunch of positions. I used to be a setter when I first started playing. And then now I'm a right side, but I changed literally this season. So <laughs> this is exciting. What, was, it, was that a tough transition for you, switching positions? Yeah, honestly, um, it was tough because in the middle, you're, you have a faster set. And then you when you're a middle blocker, you're having to block literally everyone on the other side of the net. Um, but when you're a right side, you solely focus on their best hitter, which is usually the outside hitter. So you're solely responsible for like any middle hitter on the other side of the net that's in front of you. And then also their best hitter on the court, which is usually the outside or whoever gets majority of the balls, which is their outside. So I really got to buckle down and focus on my blocking and my defense. And then also um, just attacking is different. I get more balls, which is exciting. And then also I get to play. Sometimes I could play all the way around, like getting to pass and serve and it's different, but I like that it's a bigger role. Absolutely. Yeah, it def- definitely adds more responsibility, and it feels like you have a more prominent role in the team, which I'm sure is what, 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 all, what all players want. So that's good for you. I'm happy. Yeah, thank you. Talking about this whole transition to a different position and kind of the faster game, how do college volleyball players prepare for another opponent? Is there film? Do you... I don't know. How does that really work? To explain to our listeners, how does it work to really prepare for another team when it comes to college? Okay, so one of the foundations on our team is serve and pass. So our serve, receive, and our passing. And that's one of the best things that you can do to win a game. And then also is hitting your shot in and hitting your serve. So a lot of it has to do with your maintaining your own identity and then also really focusing on the fundamentals so in the mornings like the beginning of the week I'm just going to set out the whole week for you like beginning of the week we wake up on like 5 a.m in the morning 6 a.m in the morning and we do serve and pass because we really focus on our serve and pass and we just do serving pass for an hour go to class go to lift after that then we come back and then we do full team practices and then after the team practice you can either watch individual film um and then before tournaments then before our games that's when we usually do scouts we do scouting reports on whether the team across the net their best hitters their tendencies we have like serving targets like who we want to serve um we just have a lot of film related towards what our team wants to do because we tend to focus on our team more than the other opponent because our coach and I also believe that um it's what we do 
most instead of what the opponent does because we always want to focus on our side and maintaining our own skills and achieving our own skills over the opponent. That's, it. That's interesting you say that because I, I, I'm, I, I might be way off on this, but do you feel like volleyball is more of a game of like trying to not have as many of your own errors versus trying to limit what the opponent does to you, if that makes any sense? I don't know if I'm... Oh, yeah, or, that makes yeah. sense. Like trying to maintain your composure, I would say. Like, because you could be scoring a lot of points and hitting a lot of balls in and all that stuff. But if you're also scoring a lot of points, but then hitting a bunch of balls out, it doesn't really matter. It's like evened out. So one thing our team also tries to do, um, we want to lower our like errors, like hitting to the blocks, hitting out. But we do that by our coach just telling us like, just hit your shot, hitting our shot over and over again. It just brings us back to the present. Cause when you're in the game, like scenario, like, anything could happen. You could tip it out. You could hit it out. You could get blocked in the face and you're just like, Oh my gosh, like what do I do next? So when she says like, hit your shot, it's like, okay, I'm going to go back to what I know and hit my shot. And yeah, kind of just maintaining that confidence as a player and knowing that I could do my game and play my game and hit my shot. Now you mentioned the mental aspect of the game, and I think obviously that's very important, but I wanted to ask you about it coming from a different perspective because I know last year you struggled a little bit with injuries and you were out for a long period of time. But now coming into this year, obviously you were fully healthy. What what was that process like for you rehabbing from injury and trying to keep that motivation to get back on the court? Um, So actually, I wasn't injured last year. I actually um, just didn't play, which was kind of crazy because I went from starting my freshman and sophomore year. And then when this new cage came, um, we completely changed the system all the way around. And it was a completely different level of volleyball. And I didn't know how to play in that system. And it was kind of a big shock, but I'm really grateful that I got to experience this lesson lesson because it gave me the opportunity to learn how to learn um because even though she changed a lot about volleyball and how we view volleyball um it gave us the opportunity to relearn volleyball and to fall back in love with the sport again and really intentionally train so hard that every single cell in your body is solely focused on what you want to do with pressing your hands across the net so that block goes straight down or when you're in the morning of serving pass at 6 a.m. in the morning, you're so intently focused on that mind-body connection. It's indescribable. It's just one of the best feelings in the world when you do achieve your task list or your goal. But yeah, I've definitely had a lot of role changes this past year. Um, It was difficult experiencing that, but it was needed because it kind of gave me a wake-up call like, okay, I need to work harder and I need to come back and I need to learn how to learn, play my game. And then, yeah. It's interesting. You kind of talk about the training regimen and kind of the things you've gone through under a different head coach. Mm-hmm. How has it been adjusting to that? How has it been learning something new and learning a new system, right? I, Bobby and I are both ex-basketball players and it's hard to learn a new system. I'm sure it's really hard for you can you like kind of walk us through how that kind of went for you adjusting to a new coach, a new system, and even a new training regimen? Oh yeah. Um, 
Well, for sure, one of the things that when you're first learning something, you're not confident in it. Um, for me, it's hard to be confident in something that you don't really know. So it was so difficult to just be like, oh my gosh, I'm such a confident player, but I'm learning something completely new. I don't feel comfortable or not even so much comfortable. I don't feel like I know what I'm doing and I don't feel connected to what I'm doing. So what helped me the most is I tend to be like really frustrated. I kind of get like a little feisty um, on the court in a good way, like just a really competitive person. And what helps me when I was learning things is being present in the moment and staying neutral with my thoughts. Um, Trevor Moad is one of the um, people that I listen to the most. And he talks about neutral thinking and it's, he talks about three states that you can go to as an athlete. It could either be positive, neutral, or negative. And you're, when you're have a positive mindset, it leads to expectations that you don't know if you could achieve. So then that doubt creeps in. And then that negative mindset you could just creep into and then it's so hard to get out of. But when you're staying neutral, you're able to see it, view the thought as it is, view whatever you're going through or whatever you're learning in a very unbiased, basic perspective where you're able to really break down what you're learning and understand what you're doing. Interesting. Wow. It, that's fascinating. That's, that, that, that's actually a fascinating perspective to that because I like – because I, I try, I try and focus on like a lot of the, the the, the mind tricks and ways to trick your mind to to, to um, having those kind of thoughts. What, what do you say that that guy's name was? Sorry, Trevor Moad. Um, Trevor Moad. Learned, okay. Yeah, he. Um, I actually learned about him from my sports psychologist, and she is really helped me during this time of just understanding how to learn and how to take a step back and. One of the best things that helped me is when I was just really overly positive, like, oh, I'm going to be great at this. Like, oh, I'm going to get this block. Like, it just wasn't enough for me. And as well as like when I got into that negative mindset, it was so hard to escape it. But staying neutral, it just is like you're going to the truth of what it is and the truth of what the situation is. And you're being honest with yourself and you're kind of walking yourself through the steps. So neutral thinking truly saved me as a player and help me excel over time that is amazing wow and and i'm sure you would advocate for other athletes to use the same kind of thinking you think would help others as well oh most definitely that is awesome i i gotta look more into that because i think that's a fascinating concept yeah truly now let's move to something uh more lighthearted. uh we wanted to ask you to ask you some get to know you questions have the listeners okay. again, just to know a little bit more about you. Just fun, easygoing questions. Shouldn't be mm -hmm. too difficult. But uh, so the first one we'll start with is on a game day, you wake up, you have a game that, that night or whatever. What is your game day routine? Um. Well, I always like need to take a shower before every single game. I don't know what it is. I just have to take a shower. It like resets me. Just literally, I always have to take a shower. And then I love to just do my hair and makeup. And then music is just, like, my biggest – it's just the biggest part of me. Like, I love music so much. And my dad getting me AirPod, these AirPod Pros is probably the best thing he's ever <laughs> gotten me in my whole entire life because I have these in my ear all the time. And especially before a game, like, I love listening to music. And just – it's just such a good thing. But, yeah, 
And all of us on our team, we um, prepare for a game in our individual ways. Like Zoe, my teammate, likes to meditate before, or Autumn likes to write in our journal that our coaches give us. Um, some people like to dance. I sometimes do too, or listen to our AirPods. But yeah, so yeah, probably listening to music is like the key factor of what I have to do before every single game. What what artist do you listen to the most? Um, right now, okay, I used to make fun of the EDM house grind, but I'm on that right now because I'm <laughs> always have been a rap, really, awesome. like trap rap. That's just always how I've been, especially like YG. I loved YG and um drake drake yg but i'm listening to like a lot of house music right now but those are my two is there a specific artist is there a specific artist you want to you want to highlight um which from rap yeah for me for me yeah like one artist you've been listening to a lot recently that that you can't get enough of or something like that um probably disclosure and flume those are my two i like disclosure i like disclosure yeah those are my two for sure it's a valid answer. <laughs> well, that kind of builds yeah. on our next question, though. You love music. You love always listening to music. Your teammates gave you the ox in the locker room. What is the first song you were playing for them? Oh, my gosh. This <laughs> is such a tough question. Well, not if all the big, easy. Song, <laughs> no, it's tough because there's so much to choose from. You know what I mean? That's yeah. fair. That's fair. Let's say it's before a game mm-hmm. and you guys were blaring a speaker. Someone gives you the ox. What are you playing? Pre, pre, pre-game locker room vibes. Pre-game locker room vibes. Okay, all of our team has, like, different music. And a lot of them don't listen to rap. So I kind of need to accommodate for the consensus. You know what I mean? Okay. okay. But they love... What, what a good um, teammate. I know. I have to take one for the team, you know. <laughs> but our team last year was literally obsessed with Peppas. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. Oh yep. my gosh, our team would listen to that all the time. So I would probably play that song. Every every time my friends and I get ready for a night out, that's like the first song we play. Mm-hmm. First song. Or on. doses and mimosas. I think oh yeah. That one. yeah. Oh I yeah. Love that song. It's so good right now. Grace and I, she's also my teammate. We like sync our AirPods together and we listen to that song like all the time before every game. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. You. You like you, you said you have a ton of workouts. You're busy a lot through the day. You fi- you just finished a hard workout. You just got home. What's your post workout snack? Um, for sure, protein. Um, I really want to get my protein shake in, like at least like between the time frame of the thirty minutes. Like so, after our team practice, that was really like tough. I'm gonna get my protein in, and I love the Premier protein or the Fairlife. I'm on the okay. coffee Premier. That's kind of fire right now. Okay. Or um, I've really been on my like yogurt, Greek yogurt grind with cinnamon, honey. Um, I add like my collagen to it, um, my protein powder too. That's been really good. Well, now on a cheat day, do you do you have cheat days or is that not really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so yeah. so take us take us through what you what you eat on a cheat day. On a cheat day. See, one thing I miss about California again is canes. Yes. I love canes so much. Yes, so I much. Canes, especially oh the my canes gosh. Oh my. So, that's what I miss. Sorry. See, but why do you say that? Because now I, I miss know. it. Now I Chick-fil-A miss it. Now Chick-fil-A I want doesn't it. compare. Chick-fil-A no, it compare. doesn't. It doesn't. I know it might be a hot take, but Chick fil A does. Raising canes clears Chick fil A. 
Oh yeah, for sure. Clears. It's a hot take, but I think I think for sure. Yo, uh, th- th- that's such a good. Oh my god, I miss Kane so much. Yes. So I miss Kane. <laughs> on the cheat day. I would totally pick Kane's. If not, it's like uh, Caruso's is kind of good. I have they don't mm. have Caruso's in California, but like no, the Tuscan pizza there and their mac and cheese is pretty fire. Wow. Okay. Okay, might yeah. have to check that out. I usually, I'm usually just a pizza person, but maybe I should expand my palate a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm a sweet tooth person too, so I love candy. Like, it's hard. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't really like, um, especially like off-season or during season, I don't really stop myself from eating what I want, kind of. I kind of just eat what's good for my body and what I want to, I think. Yeah, and it works for me, so. You're better than I am, I'll say that. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You got a better diet than I do. I'll say that. <laughs> all right. We talk all. about cheat days. What about off days? What's, what's an ideal off day for you? No workouts, no, no game the next day. Like you have an off day. What, what do you oh, want to awesome. do? Um, honestly, when I have an off day, I like do the typical, like, yeah, cleaning, do my homework, but, um, I really like to go thrifting. Um, I love Ooh. thrifting. Mm. I love like yeah. taking my time and I love expressing myself through clothes and fashion. Mm. Like I love dressing up for school for like just things like that. And then also over the summer a lot, I went outside a lot with Grace. Grace and I always okay. went outside, but it has to be what, like what, a good day. Yeah. What, what, what would you say is the coolest thing you bought thrifting? That's such a good question. I actually bought these like these like pink denim pants with the cutest patch on them. That's probably Ooh. one of the best things I bought thrifting. Cause pants, cause I'm six one, so it's hard to find yeah. pants that are cute for like a girl that's tall. So pants is always a win, always a win. Now, do, do, do you go shopping at like the Ark, like right by here, or yes. where, yeah, is that where you go? Shout out okay, the yeah. Ark, yes. Yeah, shout, shout out the Ark. Shout out the Ark. And then Absolutely. I want to hit the bins a little more because they have Goodwill bins here, so that's yeah. cool. But yeah, I haven't the Ark, and I think the bins. I've been there a couple times. Good. What? There's one also by us. Good neighborhood, global neighborhood theft. Okay. That one's awesome too. Okay. Oh, the one down by Erm, down the baseball field. Yeah, that one's awesome. Okay. It's so cool. It's massive, too. Interesting. I'll have to check that out because I've only gone to Ark and Goodwills usually. But I'll have to check that yeah. one out. Um, now, shifting gears a little bit, sort of an, a more generic question, but why, why did you get into volleyball? I know it's a very generic question, but how, how, would, how would you answer that? Oh, my goodness. So that's such a good question. Growing up, I played a bunch of sports. I played, like, soccer and I was on, I was like the only girl on a men's baseball, on like a little boys baseball team. My dad was a coach. It was so weird. Um, I did tumbling and all that stuff. And then my family's like, huh, like you're pretty tall for a little girl. Like maybe we should put you in a sport that you're going to use it. And I did not want to play basketball. I don't know why. I just didn't want to play basketball. And I thought soccer was just boring to me. And now I've like changed, but I don't know. I just wanted something that it was just quick quick and volleyball just immediately caught me at like seven years old I've been playing since I was seven wow. and I used to play on the grass like USYBL it was like a grass league and yeah my mom and her best friend were the head coach and we played with all my friends and then I was like oh maybe I should take this seriously and then I started doing club and then I knew none of my I'm a first generation college student my parents didn't go to college so oh, wow. um 
I like knew I was like, oh my gosh, I want to go. I want to play in college. Like, that's so exciting. I can't want to do that. And yeah, so I just knew I love this sport once I started playing it immediately. Do you, wow. do you remember? Do you remember sort of when you got the idea that like maybe this is actually something I can do in college? When did you realize you you, you were good enough to to play in college? I noticed. So one thing about California is that it's so competitive that they're gonna put that in your brain like immediately. So I remember thinking about it like in sixth grade. Like wow. it was so young. Like wow. oh my gosh! Like especially just parents and coaches. Like my parents were supportive, but coaches were just feeding that into you. Like oh my gosh! Like you go, you could go far. You could go in college, all that stuff. So definitely really young, probably like about sixth grade. But I knew wow. some people that before they had rules that they committed like their eighth grade year where they're going to oh go to college. Goodness. And I'm just That's like, crazy. Oh, these poor little girls are deciding where they're going to continue their volleyball career for the next four years and so on. So yeah, pretty young. That's, That's crazy. crazy. Yeah. Wow. Seven years old. Or no, no, not seven years old. Sixth grade. Sixth grade. But yeah. even so, that's... <laughs> yeah, no, seven years old was the, when you started playing. Okay. I got the two mm-hmm. facts mixed up a little bit, but we're good. We know you love volleyball, but if you could play another sport, whether it be in college or just maybe through high school or whatever, what other sport would you have played? Obviously, we know it's not basketball either, but um, what would you have played? Okay, honestly, it would be basketball. Okay, okay. Yeah. Because the only reason why I'd say basketball is because, like, I think it's cool to, like, I don't know, I'd want to try to dunk. Like, that would be, like, my goal <laughs> is to try to dunk. Like, if I'm this tall, I'm going to try to dunk. At least use yeah. my height to an advantage. Other than that, though, I would probably do, like, lacrosse or something. I think oh, that's cool. okay. But because lacrosse is, like, popular in California. A little bit in yeah. some locations. Yeah. But I don't know. Contact sports, that would be tough for me. I don't know. <laughs> it, like, I commend athletes that could do contact sports because, like, I just couldn't imagine, like, being pushed around. And I, I applaud. I applaud athletes that do that. <laughs> Well, for basketball, you're at the right school. Lacrosse, I don't know if we can help you on that one. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Now, now, obviously, you know so much about volleyball, and you have so much experience. So I'm curious what your answer is to this. If you could change one rule about volleyball, what would it be? Um, If I could change one rule, I wonder what it would be like if um, – okay, so if – a hitter hits off your block and it goes out they get the point so i'm wondering like what if that never counted as a touch like if they Mm. had to like score inside the lines yeah right like it only had to be inside the lines so maybe like that's probably my quickest answer or if people could like hit with their fist I would want it just, just like <laughs> I know that's less like control, but that would just be funny if people like did that more often. I think that would just be funny to see. The amount of headshots would be crazy. Yes, it would be <laughs> pretty crazy. Boom, just like everyone just. <laughs> I think I'm gonna call the NCAA real quick. Hang on. Yeah, what? <laughs> that would be that would be crazy. <laughs> that's so funny. Now we know what rule you want to change. What what is the toughest position in your opinion? playing volleyball i know like all of them are unique in their own way like of course but for sure i think a setter being the setter is the quarterback of the team that's for sure the hardest you have to like distribute the set 
where it wants to go, certain height, location, speed. You need to accommodate players, you know, and you need to deal with what they say to you, you know. So I would say for sure being a setter, especially if, like, the passing isn't good, then they need to be running around all over the court to try to get that ball hittable. So in my opinion, I think the setter is for sure the hardest, one of the hardest positions. I would agree. I would agree. Well, whenever whenever I see your games and watch your games, literally whatever I always notice, the setter just the one running around the absolute most yes. more than any more than more than anyone on the court, just yeah. huffing and puffing, huffing. Yes. Now, now I want to get your thoughts on thoughts on this. Now we you know a few weeks ago Nebraska had their volleyball match and it sold out, huge stadium. What do you think that means for not only women's volleyball, but women's volleyball, but for women's sports in general, just in terms of how many fans they're able to bring out to a match like that? I'm so happy you asked this question. Um, women's sports are now being seen and heard and being appreciated. and As they should. As they should. Yes, they do. And it's so – we can just be as physical and be just as exciting as a male sport sometimes. I think so. I mean, some – Times it's different, but I think it's just so exciting for what's yet to come for future generations of what can possibly happen in all sports, not just women's volleyball and women's basketball, but all of them. Like just having that appreciation towards every sport and not just men's sports. So I think that's pretty awesome that other sports are getting seen and heard. And then also um, I saw this like, video on tiktok that was so cute it was talking about just playing for the little girl and it showed like this all these little girls that were watching the nebraska game and how empowering it was and how some of them were just so like amazed that they were there just watching these young girls and well older girls play their sport and play it to other people and just show how amazing the sport is so yeah I I think and I agree with everything you said and I, I women's sports in general has just made so many strides in in the last few years and like you said they're finally people are finally getting to see the talent that exists in so many of these women and what they're capable of. I know it's obviously yeah. a different sport but like this past women's March Madness with Caitlin Clark and with Iowa and with that and with Angel Reese and with LSU. I, I I don't remember being that excited for a, for a women's game. Like I was yeah. like ready to watch that game. I was so excited. The game itself was great. Like mm-hmm. and that's that's such a huge thing. It's just more people are getting excited. More people are getting involved in it. The, they're doing a better job of marketing these players, putting them on these national platforms where they can be seen and viewed by millions of people. I th- I think it's a great first step, but obviously more work needs to be done. But it's it's been an amazing start. That's so why I, I agree with everything you said. Oh yeah. Thank you so much for that question. Of course. Of course. Last question. Might be hard-hitting. We'll see. What are your plans for after you? Like, what are you studying? What are you trying to do after this? Because, you know, unfortunately for all of us, we're getting to that point where now we got to start thinking about what's after. What's after? Sooner or later. Sooner or later. Yes. So, um, okay. So, I actually have an injury right now but that I'm playing through. I tore cartilage in my knee. So, oh, I'm going to wow. have to get surgery in spring. And if volleyball is going well, and if I come back and my goal was to always play overseas, um, get a contract, get an agent, play overseas, you know, that's always been one of my life goals. And if it doesn't work out, then that's okay. And I'll probably become a licensed mental health counselor, go to grad school. 
or oh, wow. a sports psychologist. Yeah, that's those awesome. Are two. That is awesome. Wow, good for you. Yeah, thank you. So those are the two things that I'm really set on, and that I'm really excited to continue my education and yeah, help people. Where help where overseas people. do you want to go? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Mm, no, no, no. If I'm not, a hard question. Well, if but, I'm not mistaken, Italy and Turkey have like some of the best volleyball leagues, right? Oh yeah, for okay. sure, for sure, Italy. Yeah. I, I would love to go to Italy. Like, oh my goodness, I would love to do that. I was so just I in Florence this past Italy. summer, so and and we met with one of the volleyball teams there, and it was it was oh really really cool. I had a blast. That's I had a blast. So exciting! I you love would love that. it. You would love it. Yeah, for sure. I would love to play in Italy. Or kind of anywhere. I honestly don't mind. I just want to travel and see the world. This is your opportunity to travel and yeah. play volleyball to your highest potential. Might as well when you're this young and able to move this <laughs> move this much without wrecking your body. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, we're, we're so young. We got a whole lives ahead of us. We might as well start making the most of it now, right? Yeah, exactly. This, this, this might be super cringy, but like, I know you saw TikTok, but I saw, I saw TikTok the other day. It was mm-hmm. it was this quote. It was every person has two lives, and the second life second life starts when they realize they only have one. Which I thought was it's, it's cringy. <laughs> I know you can say you can say it's cringy. You can Bobby's say it's cringy. No, I love it. No, uh, actually, hey. I love it. Yeah, but I, I it. but I thought that sort of resonates with what you're saying. Is once we start realizing we only got one life, let's make the most of it, enjoy the time we have. I think you start to really get get more of a peace of mind yes. and start, to start really appreciate the little things more and appreciate the time you yeah. have with the people around you. And I never want to look back and think, oh my gosh, I wish I did this or I I didn't do this. I should have worked harder in this. I never, ever want to think that. I always want to be like, wow, I, I did and I played as hard as I could and I did the most out of it. I got the most out of my life and whatever I choose to do the rest of my life. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. Awesome. Well, well, Julia, you were an amazing guest. Thank you so, so much for coming on. We had an absolute blast. I know you're in the middle of the season right now, so we really appreciate you taking the time to, to come on and join us. Yeah, thank you so much for this opportunity and such amazing questions. I appreciate all of you. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Of course.